Salam salam, ishtanin singai. This is Weiss Hamid, and I'm actually here with a new uh, member to the TSN team. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce her. How are you doing, Amas? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm the newest addition to the Some of Our family. Um, I've been doing a lot of digital media work so far, and I'm excited to continue to work with you guys. Awesome, awesome. So this episode is going to be a continuation of our series, this very bountiful series that we now have two episodes of, um, called The Afghan American Playbook, which focuses on different ways Afghans in the U.S. navigate cultural rituals and traditions. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about Ramadan and Eid, specifically how our Ramadans have been in quarantine and some of the traditions that we have, some similarities, some differences, and just really go into what, how the Afghans that we've experienced celebrate uh, both Ramadan and Eid. And we're actually joined by a guest with it. Um, her name is Bahar Naimzadeh. She is a dental, st- uh, dental student in Washington. And so she also provided us with some of her own insight with her experiences. Uh, she also contributed to the trivia, which got very contentious, <laughs> <laughs> as they do. Um, and Almas, I think, I think you took a <laughs> took turns both being her advocate and also her fiercest critic. So I I, I really res- appreciated your your role in that. I I stand for the truth. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, so it was a good episode and yeah. Right. Um, we also recognize that there are a broad range of lived experiences and identities within the Afghan diaspora, whether it's gender, faith, ethnicity, language. Um, so this is not specific to one lived Afghan experience, um, or sorry, universal experience. We also recognize that not everyone observes Ramadan, Ramazan, Roza. Um, we obviously have Christian, Jewish, and Sikh Afghans. So this isn't everyone's story. This just happens to be ours. Right. And uh, if you listen, you end up liking it. Uh, Elmas, why don't, you, why don't you suggest what our listeners can do? Yeah, if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at some of our network. Um, we have some interesting posts coming up for Immigrant Heritage Month and Pride Month in June. Um, so if that is of any interest to you, be sure to uh, keep up with us on social media. So again, thank you all for listening and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. The Sanivar Network. The Network. All right. So... Um, just full disclosure to everybody, uh, just so you know, because this is, this is an audio podcast, I've already screwed up attempting to get this thing recorded <laughs> twice now, and I sincerely, sincerely hope that this ends up getting recorded, otherwise we're just going to have a nice conversation, which I'm not entirely, I wouldn't entirely be disappointed in. I feel like I contributed to that <laughs> with my breathing comments. 
No, I, and it was also like my hands were shaking. So like I have a very sensitive <laughs> mouse thing that like just hit record without me <laughs> attempting to actually try to record it. So I am really sorry, but I think I think we got it now. Good thing you're not a surgeon. Oh, I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> I remember when I was in school. What I does that mean? Like, Have you performed surgery? <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, I think when I was dissecting uh, stuff when I was in like chemistry class, I learned very quickly that this is just not going to be my profession. <laughs> Bahar, you probably have, I think you have steady hands, right? Yeah, I, it's really important that I do. <laughs> you're, you're dental school, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, if, if, I, was, if I was your hygienist, I think you would have fired me immediately. <laughs> I'd give you a chance, but, oh, you know, that's, nice. that's just me being kind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, you know, the purpose of this conversation i think we just wanted to have a more formal talk in terms of just how your ramadan experiences has been during this quarantine in addition to just sort of kind of dissecting some of the traditions and things that we've all sort of experienced without really at least speaking for myself thought about too often (laughs) Um, but I do want to first start off by just asking you both just how how has your Ramadan been given that we are under quarantine surprisingly for me it's been great Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was really worried last year about going into this year during Ramadan because this was the first year that I was going to be full-time in clinic seeing patients I wasn't sure like sleep deprivation sleep deprivation wise, how that was going to go, but, um, I managed to flip my schedule. So I'm pretty much up all night and then I sleep during the day and it's worked out really well. So yeah, aside from missing family if jars, that's been the hardest part, but fast wise, it's been pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know I can, it's, I also felt the same that it was going to be, I was, I was actually during the quarantine first issued I was nervous about it but weirdly enough because I have now a work from home schedule that I didn't have prior to this year now I know where I am during iftar <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> home I, I, I'm going to know how to get my food I'm going to because prior to that I'm just in an office all day so yeah. because of that I don't there were times where I would be breaking my fast on the drive home or yeah. still in the office so this year it was definitely a little bit different. But, I don't know um, if I can relate. <laughs> I feel like I haven't been sleeping. My sleep schedule has been divided between uh, four hours after study, uh, our early breakfast, and then taking a three-hour nap afterwards. <laughs> but uh, not to get TMI, does anyone get like indigestion? I feel like that's been my main worry. A hundred percent. I can't sleep right after eating. I get I get very vivid dreams. I don't know if you guys do the same thing, but I get very right after. I think because it's like I'm eating sugar or stuff like that <laughs> right before trying to go back to sleep. So that that in between time, I I do have very very wild like <laughs> dreams that I'm yeah I'm not sure how to process. Side note: I had a dream last night. I was erased from everyone's memories that I knew, and oh I went God. to. <laughs> That's like a Black so, Mirror episode. Every dream I have is like a Black Mirror episode. 
um, and I had to watch my mom, uh, like just from a distance. And then, like in my dream, I started crying because <laughs> I'm like, she doesn't even know who I am. <laughs> okay, wait, but she can see you, or she doesn't see you. Either way, she didn't know who I was. Who I was because from a memory. Anyways, um, I'm gonna turn this into a screenplay. I don't know what sort of repressed traumas that my subconscious is trying to like tell me, but uh, yeah, Black Mirror. It also, uh, yeah, it's also pretty dr- traumatic, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. It sounds interesting to me. Let's just um, change the podcast episode to uh, unpacking my <laughs> dream. <laughs> yeah, what does this mean? <laughs> but um, has I mean, have having this time, especially be spending at home. Do you do you guys get a sense that it like the significance of this Ramadan has felt any different for you than than past ones? Yeah, I feel I like think... it's been hard. Sorry, go ahead, almost. No, no, go ahead. I feel like it's been hard to fully get that Ramadan high, which I know I feel like every year I kind of struggle with that, where I'm like, man, I'm in it, and I'm so focused on just not eating, but I'm, like, missing the greater purpose of it. But I feel like this year, especially, like, not being able to go to the mosque and not being able to, like, do these things that help you achieve that Ramadan high, it's been kind of, that's been a challenge. Almost, did you I want to say something too? Yeah, I definitely feel that. I I feel like this quarantine has given me a new appreciation for family. Uh, I think I thought my patients would constantly be tested, but I find myself, uh, I don't know, I guess admiring my family in different ways. Uh, not to be too corny and wholesome, but, but yeah, it's been surprisingly nice. Um, it's funny you mentioned going to the mosque it's never been a like for me I grew up with a, a lot of uh, Arab Muslims uh, no Afghans and um, I found that Ramadan in our community was very Arab centric um, so there's for me there was always that disconnect between wanting to participate in like community events for Ramadan uh, or even like the mosque is very Arab centric um, for me, I don't know, I always felt that disconnect, though. Even within quarantine, it hasn't felt much different getting to go out. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Did you grow up celebrating Ramadan in, uh, like, a majority Afghan community? or? Yeah, I mean, for me, I... Ramadan was actually during my like upbringing um wasn't necessarily 100% family focused i had a couple relatives who were very um you know they they had that tribe determination to like have everything be hosted and have it be very family but uh actually for me it wasn't really until college that i felt more of a communal sense of the religion or of the of the holiday and so and to that point, same similar to you, Almas, that it wasn't necessarily like an Afghan focused area because my college was just all sorts of, especially like the college MSA was just all sorts of different people. So I found myself, um, yeah, like ah, uh, you were an MSA kid. Was an MSA. What does that mean? <laughs> 
I was, I was, but like also just with one foot out the door. Like I wasn't always, like I wasn't two feet committed into it, but I, <laughs> I can't help but admit that I think I was to some degree. I think we all were at some point. <laughs> we all had that phase. <laughs> <laughs> My MSA was interesting. It was like, um, it's kind of crazy. Like I went to a more liberal school and so the president of my MSA was gay and the vice president was his American like white boyfriend. And it was just like a very like open mind, like the most open-minded MSA I've ever been to. So I think like, like I would go to MSA, but it was never really MSA, if that makes sense. I, just, I don't know. It was really, yeah, <laughs> my Seattle. I'm, jealous. <laughs> no, I'm jealous, but it's also funny because it's like, you're going to leave that experience being like, yeah, MSA is great. It's just, I find it to be way too liberal. <laughs> it's like <laughs> having a complete opposite experience than anybody else. Yeah, because like, everyone, yeah. everyone that I talked to was like, oh, I couldn't, like, I, I wanted to get involved with MSA, but they were too, like, conservative or, rigid, you know, sec- like, it, it was majority Sunni and I was a Shia and I didn't fit in. But, like, with ours, it was, I never had that experience. So, I don't know. I, I guess I was an MSA kid, but in my experience, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, yeah, your MSA kid experience is, like, completely... <laughs> yeah. But... I guess there's no one MSA experience. Yeah. Or one yeah. Afghan Ramadan experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I was about to say that, like, I think our, our MSAs uh, had the same sort of um, drawback where, like, I know that a lot of the Shia students that I... Ex- like knew felt very isolated from that experience because one the prayers were predominantly done in in a sunni fashion two the speakers that they invited were very few were shia representative and Mm -hmm. and things like that so i I knew that that was something that they were always trying to work on but couldn't quite Mm -hmm. get there as much as they should probably could have definitely yeah. Did you guys uh so wait, when did when did you guys actually start fasting? This year or like in general? In general. Um, I feel like for me it was like always optional. Like my parents never pushed me to fast, but like it's like on the weekends they'd encourage me and so then like in high school I think I really started getting into it and then um but I would still like take random days off and then I think once I started college I was like, Okay, no, I'm I'm doing this every day. So for me, it was never, my family never pushed it. They was just like, they were fasting, so I would feel bad eating. But <laughs> that was kind of, yeah, my intro. What about you, Almas? Nah, definitely the same. I started out with the half fast. I feel like 12-year-old me mostly did it because of pride. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you sure you can do this? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like now I do it because I actually, actually like doing it. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting spiritual experience. Yeah. I remember I was, I think I was in fifth grade and I did it for one day for the entire, like, that was going to be my thing. And I still remember to this day that um, my, my fifth grade teacher always would ask a student to read the lunch menu for everybody. And the one day that I got selected to read out what 
the no. cafeteria we were going to be serving <laughs> was the one day that I was fasting. Oh my god. Is that a homophobia? I'm kidding. I think it was, I mean, it was pre-9-11, so it was like old school Islamophobia. Back in the good old days. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I remember that, and I mean, it got, like, kind of transitioning from that, it's like the idea of um, who you shared, uh, like, that you were fasting, or, you know, especially at school, um, whether it be high school or something like that, when you were maybe not always surrounded by a bunch of Muslim people. Did you, did either of you find it to be kind of a struggle to sort of go through that process? Yeah, I went to um, a school that was very white and all of my friends were white and Christian and like I didn't have any Muslim friends in high school or any like elementary or middle school. So for me, fasting during high school was always kind of weird. Like I would fast it, I wouldn't tell anybody and then lunch would come around. They'd be like, why aren't you eating? And I'd be like, oh, no, it's actually Ramadan. And then I'd have to like go in the whole like spiel. Um, but I felt like once I started college, I think that's probably why I got more into it was because I finally was around other people that were like me. Um, and now that I'm in dental school, it's like a whole other experience because there's actually quite a few Muslims in my class. So we all like have our own group chat. And like, we'll like talk about it during the day, which is, it's been really great. It makes a big difference. Fair. Uh, question, when you were in college, um, did you find any kind of trouble or, or an issue given the fact that like, as a, as being Shia, like from my understanding, the iftars are usually a little bit later than, um, than a lot of Sunni practicing people. Yeah, so it's interesting because I grew, so my dad's Sunni, my mom's Shia. Mm. And so this was kind of always a thing during iftar at my house. So it'd always be like my dad would break fast exactly at sunset and then my mom would like not for like another 10, 15 minutes. So as a honorary sushi, I feel like I kind of, <laughs> like I'm kind of in the middle. So I kind of wait like an extra five or 10 minutes. But um I don't know. It's it's kind of awkward, but at the same time, like if I feel really pressured, then I'll just break my fast. I'm that's probably not like like I'm sure there's a lot of Shias who would be really disappointed in that, but I don't know. It's just I feel like I fasted all day the last five or ten minutes. I guess I don't know. I'm in the middle, so it just You're depends. Right. <laughs> but um usually like I'll pray, you know, like while everyone's eating, I'll just do like a couple of prayers. And then by that time, it's been like 10 minutes and then I'll break my fast. So I don't really find that it's a bit, it hasn't really been a big issue. Mm -hmm. How about you, Amos? Did you, uh, like when you were in college, did, were you, I mean, I, neither of us had Bahar's college experience. So <laughs> it was maybe not a free flowing and hippie <laughs> kind of relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad, uh... by the way. I'm mad I didn't have that experience. <laughs> Uh, my MSA is too liberal. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have a we have like a yoga retreat at our at our MSA. It's very <laughs> it's <Yeah>. very annoying. <laughs> We're all doing mindfulness practices. Sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like in in high school, for most of my life, I've been practicing religion within my family. Just always feeling disconnected from the bigger Muslim community. Um, 
just it being very Arab and me not speaking Arab. And obviously there's a lot of issues with Arab supremacy within the Muslim community. So mm-hmm. always run into that. Um, high school was okay, but university was when I kind of uh, pressured myself a little bit to get out there. Um, and I still felt like a spectator. <laughs> but it was it was very it was very interesting. I don't know. Um, spectator meaning think, like you you always had one foot like you weren't a hundred percent always like, one foot out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think when uh, near the end of my last years of university, when I made friends with a lot of different type of Muslims, queer Muslims, Muslims from uh, different sects, um, I guess people who felt on the outskirts just like me. Um, I felt much more in touch in terms of uh, celebrating Ramadan in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it just became a much more positive experience. Um, and I feel like Islam is not supposed to be something practiced in isolation. Um, and I felt like I was always missing that piece, but I feel like near the end of university, I, I got more of a taste of what, what that's like. How about now? Do you find do you do you come across a lot of people that like ask you about your fasting practices or anything like that like in a professional space um, or like just curiosity with so it much. i think the the place i used to work before was called the muslim resource center oh, okay <laughs> for social support and integration so no questioning <laughs> um right. but even now uh at my current place of work i think i'm the only muslim at my entire workplace but um nobody's I don't know. I think people are very, not to use this term ironically, but woke <laughs> enough mm-hmm. to uh, enough to understand that there are people who practice uh, Ramadan. Right. Yeah, I know. For me, for me, it was so. I the job that I got now, the um the first when I got hired, it was literally like two years ago, June during Ramadan. So um my interview process I was fasting. <laughs> and I remember halfway through cuz one of our interviews or one of the interviews I did was I had to interview with everybody at the company. It was like one of those ones where I sit down and have like 9 10 people at different points come into the room and talk. And it was just like I had to dreaded fears one just passing out <laughs> but also two just my breath <laughs> yeah ramadan breath yeah. which is a real thing because yeah your 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 body is like digesting and it's not getting food and all that stuff so you end up just with like this taste in your mouth the whole time and this yeah. paranoid fear that everyone can smell it um, yeah in some way this quarantine has been good for that because you like have an excuse to wear a mask <laughs> Like walking I, around your, your I mask, know, but you then know. you can you can smell it. Well, like your can, own. <laughs> oh I, no. <laughs> so I I was dri- I drove around a little bit yesterday and I had it. I had my uh the mask on and I have like a cloth mask. I don't have like a you know like an actual medical grade mask. And halfway through it, I wanted to like throw it away because it was just like I all I can do is just smell myself and it was driving oh, me crazy. No. <laughs> but yeah. Yikes. But no, so it, so I, I pick and choose who who I share this information mm-hmm. with in terms of like whether I'm fasting or not. I mean, people who are my age that I work with, I'm a little more comfortable talking about it. But um, 
like certain supervisors things like that it's just like i don't i don't i used to feel the need to have to explain myself to a lot of people a lot Mm -hmm. in general like i over or i hide it in a shameful way or in a secretive way but since then at this point now i'm just i don't know and also towards the end of ramadan when like your body has just gotten so like tired (laughs) i'm just like yeah "Eh." (laughs) but yeah like i don't know if if you both have the same feeling but it's like now that we're what three weeks into it at this point i'm just i'm just coasting (laughs) yeah i haven't had contact with very many people so i'm like i don't have anyone to tell nobody even knows i'm fasting i'm sleeping all day so So wait, so what are you so what are you doing at night then? Are you is it via Zoom or are you like going places? I mean, to be honest, like if I'm gonna be really detailed, like I wake up so I have lecture at seven thirty, usually until about twelve. So I'll wake up, like I'll sleep so my sleep schedule's just been off. So even if I try to go to sleep, I can't. So I'm awake until Saturday uh breakfast in the morning and then um like I'll sleep for like two or three hours and then wake up for my Zoom call until twelve and then from twelve until like four. I'm like asleep and then from like four to like seven I'm just like laying in my bed. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it honestly, it does sound exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But especially like you were also sleeping like a like a what's it called? Like a new parent because <laughs> you're not sleeping more than <laughs> yeah. two, three hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that I don't have to like interact with people and like you know mm-hmm. work because like I mean at school like in clinic when we're with our patients it's exhausting like you have to have a lot of patience for people and you have to be able to hold a conversation and it's just like right now like I could just lay in my bed and not talk to anybody and then before I know it it's a star so I'm good you know mm-hmm. definitely um, definitely yeah. feel that yeah. no need to like put on a smile if you're exhausted exactly. I can look exhausted <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, it's been nice. Um, so transitioning from that, in terms of sort of what traditions that you both have had with, uh, like Ramadan specific traditions. So we have some like ideas that we've gotten floated from different people. I'm just curious to see how many of these you all have done and sort of what they are and <laughs> when you started doing it. So. Pikaura seems to be the common one that people talk about. Uh, so for those who don't, actually, I saw Bahar get very jazzed when I brought that up. So can you explain yeah. to us what Pikaura is for people who may not know? It's like deep fried potato. Um, it's like literally like potato dunked in batter, deep fried. It's so good and with chutney. My mom makes like our it with sweet potato. Ramadan staple. Did you say with sweet potato? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, sweet potato? So, so good. Um, I never knew that pakora was like a Ramadan tradition. I didn't even know other Afghans made it. I assumed that it was like, like, isn't this desi food? I don't know. Um, yeah, because it's very, like, like I it's, saw it... it's very similar to like, I think yeah. desis eat it too. I think they even call yeah. it that too. I just like, I didn't even know other Afghans made it until I went online because I didn't grow up with an Afghan community. Um, let alone making it only during Ramadan. I don't know what it is. It's not even a hard dish, but it just happens to be something that's always on the table. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best thing. 
Okay. But like, sweet potatoes like 2.0. That's like pakoda on another so level. I need to try that. Do you dip it with ranch? <laughs> um, actually, chipotle barbecue. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so it's basically, you're just having sweet potato fries. <laughs> okay, but like, come but on. But it's like a big, thick one. Yeah. Innovative. <laughs> no, I feel like the best way to describe pakoda is like, almost like tempura. Mm. Yeah, at the way that it's made. Good. Yeah, so it's not like sweet potato fries. Fair enough. Fair like enough. sweet potato tempura. <laughs> Bar, did did your parents do like? Was it a specifically like this is a like a Ramadan? I don't even know when we started doing it, but it's definitely we only have pakoda during Ramadan. So I don't know like at what point, but I I don't remember when we didn't have it. So. <laughs> I don't remember a time when I didn't have it. That's the question. Yeah. But it is only a Ramadan thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know why. I love it. it should be all year round. <laughs> Wait, Elmas, did, did your parents do it specifically during Ramadan or just any time? You just got your sweet potato any, <laughs> at your beck and call. Um, I don't live like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not rude. <laughs> um, no, only during Ramadan. That's so interesting. Uh, at no one's request it was just became a ramadan thing yeah. so weird i wonder where that maybe started. maybe it dates back to when our parents were still back back in afghanistan maybe i guess I'm and it is ask. like it, it's i'm assuming it's like some sort of like it's quick to make it's very easy to make if you're tired and you're like i don't want to <laughs> do i don't want to make kabali palau like the add all the rice and carrots and stuff for yourself <laughs> Are you coming over at Starsha Almas's house? <laughs> Everyone's welcome. Fly over to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. Do you wait? I, like for real though? Do you know how to like? Do you make kabuli palau like casually? Because <laughs> I I did it once and it was such a painful experience. Um. Anyways, like this quarantine, am I right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have I have assisted. I've been a sous chef to my mother, uh, but. Surprisingly, um, my brothers are the best cooks I know. Wow. More Afghan boys need to get on that's top of their good, game. That's a good lesson. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but going back to the Picardo thing, I, I don't know if my parents just made it during Ramadan. I feel like I had it at very random times. So when everyone, it was, when it was brought up here as like one of the topics for Ramadan traditions and like everyone in the group was in agreement with that being it I had to just smile and <laughs> nod and play along like yeah <laughs> what a what a Ramadan thing for us to do <laughs> but um well, see like my parents I remember Shawa being more of a thing during mm. Ramadan so for Shawa the way that my parents or the way that my mom did it it was like it's like the soup that has it's like chicken and um potatoes and it's like and it they they put it in in a soup form that's like very soft and you eat it with a lot with so much bread do you <laughs> like, break your bread up and put it in yes. the shorwa or do you take a bite yeah that's the way you gotta do it yeah you you it's rip like up yeah you rip up pita bread right and you put it in the bowl yeah. and then you put everything on top of it there's no chance I eat this now. <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, I have to be, I'm so self-conscious about like how much carbs I intake in general and the, the concept <laughs> of doing something like this. I cannot imagine doing it anymore. Yeah, we don't do shorwa at our house, so we do a lot of osh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like noodles. 
Yeah. So good. I think I it's like having soup as the as the dish that you break your fast on is better somehow. Yeah. Ease into breaking ease into eating whole foods. <laughs> yeah, no, there's something about like it being soft and like the broth of it is something that is very easy to digest and easy to eat when your stomach has presumably shrunk during the yeah. during the day of not eating. But Osh was definitely something when I was a so Osh is yeah, it's like a noodle soup with I know that there's like yogurt put in it and um sometimes beans. Like red beans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm hungry. Question. Uh, <laughs> this is very, very important. The yogurt that you put on top of your Osh, do you have fruit in it or no? Oh, I don't like fruit. That might be like an unpopular opinion, okay. but I don't like fruit. No, no, no. I, My mom I loves it. it though. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. we're cool then. <laughs> no, we we the yogurt that we put in it has like the mint and garlic and yeah uh, the crushed like stuff like that in it. I don't I don't like crude either. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I, Google crude just in case nobody knows what it is. Um, it just fried yogurt. That. Uh, dehydrated plain yogurt mixed with salt, but like stinky. I would think stinky yogurt. <laughs> I don't know if that was the definition of it. I think that's your definition of it. <laughs> but uh, do you find that like during this or during Ramadan in general that like your dinner choices become more Afghan than than like the rest of the year? I don't know. I made fried Thai fried rice the other day for star. So I think it depends. I've been cooking on my own, though, because I'm not at home all the time right now because I'm moving like away from my parents for school. Mm. So I guess at home, usually my mom makes Afghan food in general. But cooking on your own, cooking Afghani food is hard. So just whatever is easy and good. It's It's hard. I also like as someone who also doesn't live with like a big group of people. I don't know how to make Afghan food for like one person or for two. Yeah, that's so true. And you don't want to eat the same thing for four days. Where it's like, if if you're making mantu, like I can only do this with like all of the rice paper or all of the paper. Like I can't. I I don't don't mind eating mantu for four days. Yeah, that's true. Let's have it. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's it's like I I do end up like because I used to make a lot more Afghan food when I was especially in college. Um, I haven't done it lately also because it's it's not exactly the healthiest thing to <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to eat so late at night, but Yeah. Um compared to Eurocentric standards. But... That's true. <laughs> I mean I did describe a dish where it's literally just bread <laughs> like in the bottom <laughs> of a bowl. I don't know whose standards that <laughs> but almost do you find yourself eating more um like, do you do you find yourself cooking or eating more Afghan food during this month? Uh, usually yes, but even more so this month. I think with quarantine, I know people are finding more time to make all these breads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like for me and my family, it's experimenting with, uh, or trying to learn how to do dishes that we haven't really mastered mm-hmm. yet. Um, what and was cook the Afghan most dishes one? that are a little bit more complicated? Um, anything that just revolves like involve more handwork so like mantu ashak making dumplings making them mix folding them uh individually 
Um, now that we have more time on our hands, I guess. So you're saying that Mantu is like your sourdough starter? <laughs> yes. Um, so transitioning from Ramadan to, to now Eve. So how has, I mean, I guess growing up, did, so someone put in here the moon sighting wars. So do you, do you guys like find yourselves like being very fixated on who says what in terms of when Eid starts? No. <laughs> this is like I just my. Need to know when I have to wake up early. <laughs> <laughs> For me, this drives me crazy every year. Like the fact that like, Okay, this is probably maybe this is controversial. I don't know, but to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we live in an age of technology, and like, we Muslims are like the foundation of science and astronomy, and I just don't understand why we can't just look at the moon on the internet, like through NASA's camera, and just all pick like the same Uh, day. um, It's just like so hard. I I think I know where. Especially, like, for that. me, because, um, like, my mom's Shia, my dad's Sunni, so then that, it's like, like, all right, like, my well, mom and dad, like, are they fasting on the same the day, or are we starting Ramadan like, on the same it day? It is a thing that you can literally just go outside and see. So. Um, and. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. I don't, know so... if it's, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I find that every single Ramadan, my family and I are late for prayers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, for 20 years it's been 20 years and every single morning we are late for prayers i think the last ramadan at uh, last eid um we made it just on time but every other one before that even if we wake up early we're somehow late very hard coordinating six people well yeah i i'm i'm barely handling it with just two where i live so the fact that you're trying to coordinate for six is just but um God, imagine having younger kids uh, yeah, well that that's a that's a that's a Eid service tradition that I hold dear, which is the going to a mosque to hear screaming kids like so early in the morning. Um, unfortunately, the way that it's always been is that it's like the women's section because that's who is occupying like that's where the kids seem to be. So unfortunately, it's like, yeah, like do none, do none of these kids have dads. <laughs> Apparently not. Although every time I hear a, a screaming kid in the men's section, I do get uh, a little proud of knowing that there's at least some dad that's willing to take over the screaming kid. But, um... Yeah, no. I, uh... Did you guys, like... Do you, did you have, like, a, um... Like, re- did your parents always, like, insist with, like, going to the masjid for Eid service? Like, was that something that was always, like, held on to? Yeah. And for more than just pictures. Um, yeah, I think it was something that was important in my family. Yeah, for us, we went most of the time, as much as we could. Sometimes it'd be too or Sometimes, like, the prayers would be at, like, 7.30 in the morning, though. So it's, like, <laughs> we'd usually end up being a little bit late, but we'd make... We'd do our best to go. I don't know why yeah. they were always so early. I remember when, like, for as long as I can remember, 
like our tradition is to cut it close yeah <laughs> like we're always the family that's like driving like when they say prayer starts at eight we're like <laughs> circling the parking at like seven we're like the family that's circled at 759 looking for like us. <laughs> yeah that was us too <laughs> funny thing is like i feel like it's like the Afghans in any of these like <laughs> giant mosques situations. Cause I feel like whenever we do end up parking, like that's where I see people that I know. <laughs> like we're all, we're all trying to run into the gym or whatever it's going to be. At. Yeah. But, um, did you guys do, so, so someone wrote here getting all fly. So how much were you, how much were you guys focusing on the, uh, on the pageantry, I guess, of Eid service? It's so I hard to get ready. I going to. Yeah, but then it's way too early. It's so hard. Yeah. But at least, you know, I try to set my outfit before so I can at least, like, wear know what I'm wearing. But, like, I don't know how, like, some of the girls would come in and they're, like, fully, like, full face of makeup. And I'm like, it's 730 in the morning. <laughs> I don't know how you Those did it. Those are my heroes. <laughs> Bahar, do you tend to wear, um, like, Afghan clothes during, like, a Vani? I try. Yeah, I try. Um, the past couple of years, my aunt went to Afghanistan like a couple of times past few years. And so she, we've asked her to bring like chapans, which is like really easy way. Instead of wearing like a full dress, I have like mm-hmm. Afghan like vests that I like to wear. So or like I'll wear like something regular on like an Afghani necklace. But um, I don't I haven't really worn like a full dress in a long time. I feel you. I feel like for yeah. me, it's the only time I can wear traditional clothing. Yeah. Uh, and not stand out too much. Yeah. Especially with how colorful our clothing is. Exactly. My Afghan clothes don't fit me anymore, so it stopped being a thing I did <laughs> when I was, like, 16. Oh. Um, so for anyone listening who are, who's in Af- Afghanistan, if you could send something to me that's, like, for someone who's, like, over six feet tall please do because I, I it ended up being like a mini skirt towards the end like okay it was flex like... <laughs> i was hesitant in saying that because i didn't want to make it sound like a humble brag i'm sorry i'm just too tall <laughs> okay own it um okay so i have a i have a question that i'm i had to think about myself and i'm curious to see what what was the case for for you both um the question is at what point did you stop getting ed money (laughs) so money that you get from like older relatives when it comes to uh during eid and just as importantly have you gotten to the point where you're giving it to someone else um i'm the youngest in my family uh and do you still get it i was no, no. <laughs> and for a while, I was the youngest in uh, my extended family as well. Um, but I got it pretty good. Like, I had it pretty good in terms of riding that wave. Uh, but I think when I hit maybe, like, 17, <laughs> I got too tall. I got over six feet tall. Yeah. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> and, like, you were not a child. Um, but I have uncles and aunts overseas that I don't see very often, maybe once every like five years. And one of my uncles is really sweet. He will like give me easy money that he missed out on uh, from not being able to see me. So he's giving you like uh, back pay? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what about you about, guys? Yeah, how about you, Bahar? I actually got ED money from my mom last year, which what? I don't think I deserved. <laughs> but I'm the but youngest you too. But I was like, thanks, mom. I'll be forever your baby. That's great. Um, in terms of giving ED money, I think the extent is like, I think, I don't know if it was Diz who started this like $1 Venmo ED trend. Oh, so, yeah, he does do that. Yeah, so that's like the extent of my ED. I'm still like a broke college girl, so don't expect more than a dollar. Did you, so question for you both. Did did someone tell you explicitly they're not going to give you ED money anymore? Or did you just not, not get it from a, a relative and be like, oh, okay, so I've, I've hit that point now. <laughs> oh, okay. <gasps> No, I don't think anybody broke my heart like that. I think I just got too embarrassed to ask. Like, how do you even ask? Like, where's my ED? I don't know. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh... Nobody explicitly. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. No one explicitly told you. No one explicitly told me, but my brothers would joke about it. <laughs> yeah. I um. So when it comes to not getting it anymore, it was definitely in high school like when i was when i sounded like this and i looked like this i was like come on man <laughs> no it was the day uh, you hit six feet <laughs> yeah no uh, I guess what a memorable day it was <laughs> maybe someone like this will get it, get there someday <laughs> i just did that so because i know he's gonna have to listen to this at some point <laughs> um but i uh what was I going to say? Uh, the day that I realized I had to give it was when my cousin started having kids. Um, mm. And it was funny because the first time that happened, um, my mom didn't tell me I should do it. It was way worse. She gave me money to give them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, first off, you could have just told me. Like, second off, like, I have a job. Like, I can, like, I started to get very defensive. <laughs> He's like, here you like, go, broke boy. <laughs> yeah, like we know you're student. I want to get to that money. income bracket of being able to give ED money. So it's like, not only did my mom stop giving me ED myself, but she gave me money to give to other people because she was just like, you have six figures of student loans. <laughs> but that's that's when I knew I was. That's when I officially knew I was like entering that stage of my life. And now I have, and now I have a niece, so it's like I have someone to give yeah. ED to. Well, actually, now I have. Now, as of like literally three weeks ago, I have two nieces, so oh, I have yeah. someone to give ED money um, outside of my cousin's kids. But now I'm, I've fully embraced that. I've now entered that stage of my life. I'm a mama to someone, so I have to give money. <laughs> the broke mama. Get money. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't take out loans anymore to get. Like uh, to get a grant from my mom to pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, but how? Like, do you guys have like an idea of what you're gonna do for Eid this year? Given everything that's happening, I don't know. We usually for Eid we usually have like a like we have like about I think there's like fifty Afghans in our community that we hang out with. So we usually take over like a Denny's or an IHOP after. Uh, Eid prayer and um, we all get together and have breakfast together but we can't do that this year so it's gonna be really sad I don't really know my sister and I we usually like decorate the house and take photos with our cousins can't do that either I don't know maybe it'll be like a virtual zoom session Eid party I have no idea (laughs) 
always wanted to go to an IHOP. We take Canadian over. Speaking here. Oh, yeah. So Almas is Canadian. So <laughs> keep that in mind when she <laughs> doesn't. So do you guys not have IHOP? It's just, is it just Tim Hortons? <laughs> okay, why do you say it like that? It's not just Tim Hortons. We okay. get Tim Hortons. You don't. We get Tim Hortons. <laughs> How, wait, is Tim Hortons 24, is it 24 hours? Uh, I think Or is it just super early in the morning? Hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bahar, did you do, like, the Denny's for Suhar thing that a lot of people used to do? Yeah. I mean, we didn't do it all the time, but we'd do it at least like two or three times, and it's so fun. But yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't experience that. That's one thing I, I regret, especially in college, because I think a lot of people it's did fun. stuff like that. It's fun, but I must say, it's more fun when you like stay awake until study. But it's not fun when you like wake up and have to wake up a whole extra hour and a half earlier because you got to mm. get to Denny's and wait for your server. So. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it hits different. Uh, apolog- apologies, Almas. Um, did you ever have to wake up early to go to Tim Hortons? <laughs> Sorry for leaving out the Canadian. I know all the Canadian listeners were dying about uh, about that comment. Um, no. <laughs> um, you guys have Denny's, don't you? No. There's no, no Denny's either. Share. Really as far as I know, that's someone's name. <laughs> so Den- Denny's is is it's IHOP. It's it's these diner. Ver- that's like so much oil- more clear because we don't have oh. IHOP. Thanks for that example. But you know of IHOP, right? <laughs> I know of IHOP from Twitter. <laughs> okay, from so Twitter any university. of these. Pl- any of these places are sort of like on the more affordable end breakfast places and but their biggest appeal is that especially Denny's is one they're almost always near a freeway and two they're 24 hours. So the idea is that like it's for people who are doing like long drives or like truck drivers and stuff like that. Like it's a very um it's when you go into one it's not you're not getting like the the brunch that is that you'll see on Instagram, but it'll be something that's very heavy and for a very affordable price, um, served very quickly. <laughs> you're not taking any aesthetic photos of your plate, but <laughs> but you're eating well, so yeah, and you'll you'll leave full. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. I guess some that's... people gather at Tim Hortons, maybe. <laughs> not one of them, I guess. I was about to say, you know, hopefully next year, maybe you can start that trend. I will. This is the change that we need in our communities, too. <laughs> uh, I'll be at the forefront of this movement. And it'll just be out of we'll pure We'll colonize spite. all the Hortons. <laughs> so, hold on. Almas, can you explain what Tim Hortons is? Because there's probably some American <laughs> listeners who might not know. Uh, Tim Hortons is basically like Starbucks, but they also have uh, a really large selection of breakfast foods, uh, lunch foods, um, donuts, donuts, uh, sandwiches, soup, mm-hmm. uh, egg sandwiches, um, and they're mostly known for their coffee, so most Canadians opt to go to Tamorans than they would to the Starbucks, which we have here as well. Uh, right. Yeah. And it's like, and it's also more affordable. Um, right. I don't and think it's e- that bad. 
and they're everywhere right like they're yeah. they're pretty commonly found like a, a sim similar to starbucks yeah there's a ton more ends uh within within a minute <laughs> of anywhere you are yeah and i and I, for for the record just for the canadian listeners out there i did not mean to demean tim hortons i've been to canada i actually Too I late. Very, you're uh, already public enemy number one <laughs> okay i can call I justin trudeau <laughs> can i can i tell you my my canadian anecdote that i still hold very dear to my heart um so I was in Vancouver, and then um, I spent a little time in, in Whistler, which is like a kind of a ski resort town that's pretty close to Vancouver. It's where the, the Winter Olympics was. And I was at a, um, it was like a restaurant that was more like a gastropub. Like it also like served alcohol, like it had like a, it had like a bar vibe, but it was also like a food place. Um, I went with my parents. I'm not. I'm not talking about going to a bar during Ramadan. Like I was. I was. I was a good. I was a good person. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for the disclaimer. Yeah, no problem. I went to the restroom, and so for those who might not know, especially bar res- restrooms, the men's room is like things are written on bathroom stalls that are pretty. Um, I certainly would not repeat them. <laughs> They're very explicit and sometimes... Can you tell us some examples? I'm kidding. No, I'm okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I, so I was at the restroom in, in this place in Canada, and sure enough, it also had stuff written. And one thing I will never forget that was written on one of the bathrooms, which was, it was just F you. <laughs> Not the actual word. <laughs> it was E F F. You, which was so polite. Which was so endearing. At that point, I was just like, I think, I think I want to move here. <laughs> this is so pleasant. <laughs> Even the obscenities are polite. <laughs> but, but anyway, um. So we're getting to the last segment, which is what I like to call our trivia section. I have yet to come up with a more clever title for it. I apologize. <laughs> um, so because Bahar is our, uh, is our guest for today, we're going to have her uh, participate. So for those who don't know, um, this is a 10-question rapid-fire trivia, and each... Uh, guests that we've had can contribute to it um we've been keeping a running tally of who went who's winning and you know each it, we do it as a style where the uh whoever ends up with the most correct is like the number one on the leaderboard uh right now i'm actually forgetting who number one is i think Kais um might be number one but that's only because he um argued with me a lot and ended up <laughs> ended up lobbying himself to get more points so not to say that i'm encouraging that all right so out. here we go i gotta bring out the boxing gloves is what i'm getting at this yes okay <laughs> so you have three seconds to answer each of these questions um which are very valid questions so you know just be prepared <laughs> okay okay um so are you ready <gasps> i'm nervous <laughs> all right okay so let's start the clock <laughs> okay bahar yes name an ingredient in ashak 
potato. That is actually, I think that's incorrect. I know. I was trying to think of what. <laughs> she looked the so panicked. The was so easy that he even doubted. <laughs> okay, for the record, I'm Team Muntu, not Team Oshak. And oh. I couldn't think of what the word for Gandana was in English. It's so, a, I, I don't mean, know. Okay. You know, I'm going to say you're wrong just because technically you're wrong. Um, it's But for the people like listening, it's leeks, I think, right? Leeks okay. are... Yeah. Wait, so you really can't put potatoes in uh, Oshak? Yeah, I guess you could put anything in anything. So then am I really wrong? Uh, you could. Right, you it would what? just be called an abomination, not an Oshak anymore. And I don't like that she's turning into this into an arguing thing again. I, I really should nip this in the bud for people. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah, let's just go to the next one. I think I'm right. Let's just leave that. <laughs> I'm putting that right, out there. Right. We're we're adding that to the to the uh her uh dis what's it disputing it. Okay. Number two, name a company that is based in Washington. Costco, Kirkland brand. Uh, correct. That is correct. Um, but, Starbucks, of course. Amazon. There's there's plenty of Nordstrom. Yeah, I don't know. It was the first thing that came I to my mind. No Nordstrom. Yeah. Costco. <laughs> it's very <laughs> on brand with us being Afghan here. <laughs> the first thing you said was Kirkland. <laughs> okay. So uh, number three, better color, red or green? Green. That is correct. That is correct. It it just it matches with more things. Red also my face gets very flush, so red doesn't is not a good look for me. So I'm putting that as incorrect. Um, so correct, it's green. Okay. So question four: a better superpower uh, to move things with your mind or teleportation? Teleportation. Hmm. This is a disputed one. Elmas, can you can you adjudicate this whether this is correct or incorrect? Oh, it's definitely correct. Think about all the places you could go teleporting. In our, Especially in... during coronavirus when being on a plane is dangerous. <laughs> so, Amos, what, what do you say? You make some or... really valid points. In, in our time of modernity and uh, late capitalism, Ooh. I feel like teleportation is much more helpful in navigating life. All right. You know, I was going to say she was wrong because technically you still have to teleport to an airport. But, you know, just because you started Wait, bringing what? up late stage. Yeah, you can't just teleport randomly. You have to it's have a visa. Why I using big words? You have, to, you have to have a visa. You can't just, you can't just teleport to another country. You know um, what? No, uh-uh. Teleportation is very anti-borders. So technically it's... Uh, that's what makes right. it a superpower. If it was... You already um, got me with late stage capitalism. Now we're talking about trans border. <laughs> I'm just throwing in like buzzwords right. at this point. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Correct. All right, especially since she got number one wrong, I'm gonna give this. To her. I cannot believe I said potato. <laughs> All right. So, question number five: Better animal, monkey or zebra? Monkeys. Absolutely not. What? <laughs> Monkeys are what? rude. They are, they're they steal smart. things from people. They're they funny. Have, they have fingernails, which is crazy. They're rude. <laughs> Maybe the problem is not the monkey. Have you not seen those Twitter things with monkeys that are like tackling kids? Yeah, it's just misrepresentation. You can't just have uh -uh. one monkey represent all of the species. Oh, no, there's several of these videos. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're, they're, it's wrong. All right, it's zebra. Okay. This is very much phobic. Have you Question. even seen a zebra? Wait, hold on. Have you ever seen a zebra? 
and like interaction in with a zebra. How do you know that a zebra is better? Like, because how do you know their personality like, is better? I've never even interacted with one. They're just fashionable horses. Like, they're just <laughs> very cool. All right. Okay, so they're whatever. all looks and no substance? Oh, great. Uh, I'm sorry, but the substance of monkeys is rude and disrespectful, and they throw poop <laughs> they at each other. They have personalities. They're complex creatures. <laughs> all right. I'm Team Almas here. <laughs> I don't like that Almas is advocating for you now. Like, this, I love is, it. <laughs> this is not how this game is I'm supposed to work. I'm advocating for the truth. I'm the voice of the people. Yes. Okay. Question. Uh, who would win in an, or question six, who would win in an arm wrestling match? A weasel or a ferret, which is also a type of weasel, I think. You have two seconds to answer. A ferret. That is correct because I'm not sure really what the difference between yeah, them are. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Almost, I was also going to say ferret. Okay. I like I that you're now, you're now playing. <laughs> so now, now we have both of you playing. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so question, question seven. Who would win in an arm wrestling match between you or your sister, Bahana? Definitely me. Ooh. You know, it's Yeah, she's me. not here to argue, so it's just that is what it is. <laughs> Almas, do you, do you have a strong position either way on this one? Well, uh, we have a surprise guest. <laughs> <laughs> she's with Almas. <laughs> <laughs> teleported to Canada. This is Amari, this is Amari show now. Um, All right, because you're the guest, I'm going to say that that's correct. I actually don't know who is. She'd probably be really offended. You know, but... I got to say though, she's kind of like the underdog where you would think that she would lose easily, but she'd probably Wait, are put you up a talking good fight. yourself out of your answer? No, I'm just justifying don't it so you yourself. don't think I'm biased. You know, I want you to know that I thought this through. You know, okay. She would put up a good fight, but in the end, I would win. But let's just leave it at that. All right. I'm going to say that's correct. Um, no disrespect to her, who I don't believe I've met. So please let her know that I'm not trying to insult her. All right. All right. All right. So question number eight. And these, are, these next three are going to be Ramadan related. Uh, question eight. How many dates should you eat to break fast? Two. That is actually correct. Um, one is just not enough. Not enough. Yeah, and then and three, three is, are I too think, full. Which is way too much sugar. Yeah. Almas, what do you think? Do you agree? Uh, I disagree. <laughs> They're too sweet. <laughs> Wait, too sweet. And it's two just like ruins our palate for anything else that you're gonna eat. So what? So you say one or not even that? One, one, one. All right. Well. Okay. Hey, don't paint me as anti-date. Come on. Not even one. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why I asked her anyway. I'm the judge, not her. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, number nine, Shola or Kichimi? I'm overthrowing this patriarchy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I should have watched out for her when she talked about anti-capitalism. <laughs> it's a red flag the whole time. Um, okay, so question, Shola or Kichiri Kurut for Iftar? Kichiri, kichiri Kurut for sure. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> See, I'm biased because I actually hate both. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I'm gonna, even though I just called her out to say that she's not a judge, I'm gonna ask Elmas to see if what she thinks is correct. Finally, um... <laughs> I thought you never would. <laughs> Definitely Shola. No way. Oh, wow. So You've softer. been advocating for her for so long, and now you had the ball in your court, I, uh, and you said she was I, wrong. I speak for the truth. But have you had hirati no kichiri kurut? Because if you hadn't, then it's not really kichiri kurut. My dad's side, yes. And you still pick Shola? But 
it's just it's so much more softer and the texture is just so much more nicer than shitty kurut. Also, there's the kurut part, and we already know where I yeah, stand on true. that. That's true. Um, it's literally in the name. Um, <laughs> and if I recall, Bahar, you also hate kurut. I do, okay. but I, what I, is the truth? I'm down for the kikiri, you know? <laughs> Hang on. Can we take a time out here? So Almas was very using her hands in a way that she was cross-examining <laughs> Bahar, who's our guest. So <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> I should mention I'm a philosophy student, so... (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to... My life is arguing. I'm going to step in to save her to say that you're both incorrect, because both are gross. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Number 10, which is the final question, which is, what is the right amount of money to get for ED? There is no limit. It depends on your income bracket. You gotta... Hey, you settle down. (laughs) Enough to pay off my student loans, like until then, it's inadequate, right? It's so wait. So your so your answer is just there is no limit. It's just no limit. Whatever you can give. Yeah. I mean that that kind of defeats the game, but I respect that. I'm willing to give her the point. Almas, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, congrats, Bahar, for participating. We will tabulate the vo- uh, the <laughs> amount and give it to you at some later point because <laughs> I have not been paying attention to what, how much I've been saying you're right or wrong on. Look, these points matter, okay? I just, maybe someone else should take over, you know? Okay, you, I am <laughs> keeping an eye on you. <laughs> I know we've agreed to have you a f- uh, host a few more podcasts. I am starting to regret that now. <laughs> I just want to advocate for my answer of potato. (laughs) You want to go back to that? Let's go back to that now. One last time. You can put whatever you want in my shack. Okay. And uh, not not everybody likes gandana. So you don't put gandana. You got to put potato. So right. question. Actually, you know what? Let's I break this down for a second. Opinion. Let's let's wait. Let's break this down for a second because I think I know where your brain went, and I just want to know if this is true. So you heard Oshak. You thought leaks. You couldn't think of the word for leaks, so you connected <laughs> it to some to something else that has leaks in it, which is bologna. bologna. <laughs> and then you said potato because wow. that's another way to make bologna. Is that? I feel like galaxy brain right now. <laughs> I'm exposed. Honestly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> here's the, but here's the impressive thing: is that all of that happened in three seconds. <laughs> I so, think that goes to show the inner workings of my brain. It's still and wrong. how complex it is. It's still wrong, but now that I get where it, where it came from, <laughs> I respect it a lot more. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. But anyway, on that note, thank you, Bahar, for. Uh, you know, coming on and and having sharing this conversation with us, um, you know, we this is a very unique and strange time to be celebrating, like Ramadan and Eid, because we are, you know, this is normally a very communal experience, but we've all been kind of experiencing it with some level of, um, you know, it's been a little more solitary, so. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your sharing your experiences with us. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.
The Sammy Varner Network. The Sammy Varner Network.